And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody, welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode 240. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. I think that's always going to be true. I'm your host, Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. So I do have a very special announcement before we get started this week, and that is about the time that this show airs, which is to say about two weeks from the time I'm recording it you should be able to hear me on another podcast. Yeah, in fact, one of my favorite podcasts. In fact, I will be appearing on episode number 198 of The Fantastic Cast. Yes, the show that covers The Fantastic Four from the very first issue. And they're up to issue number 156, which has the uh, dubious honor of being the very first issue of the FF that I myself collected. So in recognition of that, uh, Steve and Andy have very generously invited me onto their show to talk about it. So yeah, so about the time this show airs, uh, go over to Fantastic Cast website, look for episode number 198 and download it. And you can hear me talking about something other than Thor for a change. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so that's my special announcement and I'm really looking forward to it. At this point, we haven't recorded it yet, but... Hey, you know, like I said, it's something I'm really looking forward to, so it ought to be awesome. All right, so uh, we do want to continue on this week with Thor, Son of Asgard. So let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder. Indeed, and this week we are looking at Thor, Son of Asgard, number four. Has a cover date of July 2004. Cover price was $2.99. Cover art is by Adi Granoff and shows young Balder with his uh, sword pointing at the camera. No, that's not a rude comment. It's literally true. And uh, Balder's got a uh, determined look on his face. And I have to say he's by far the cutest of the three. And he's got his right hand in one hand making sort of a jerking off motion from the looks of it anyway uh it's hard to uh to d <laughs> i know it's just supposed to be a clenched fist but it just looks funny all right so we open up to the splash page where we have the credits akira yoshida was the writer greg tocini is the penciler jay leiston is the inker guru efx was the colorist VCs Randy Gentili was the letterer adi granoff the cover artist as we know mackenzie cadenhead was the editor Ralph Macchio and C.B. Sabolski are the consulting editors. Joe Casada is the editor-in-chief, and Dan Buckley is the publisher. Thor, the Prince of Asgard, is a brash and impetuous youth. Never one to consider who he is or what he has. Thor's mind is always on who he will one day be and what the future holds for him. He feels he lives in the shadow of his father, Odin, ruler of all Asgard, which indeed he does, and he hopes he can escape Odin's shadow through noble deeds and valiant acts. In order to please his father and hopefully prove his worth, 
Thor has agreed to undertake a quest on Odin's behalf. He and his two friends, Balder and Sif, must travel Asgard in search of four mystic elements which Odin hopes to forge into an enchanted sword. However, this impulsive decision does not sit well with Balder or Sif, as Thor has accepted the mission without consulting them first. <laughs> Their first task is to obtain a scale from the hide of the dragon Hakarel. Thor, along with the reluctant Balder and Sif, travels to Nastrond in hopes of quietly sneaking into Hakarel's lair to obtain a shed piece of the dragon's hide without incident. However, much to their surprise, they find the huge white dragon laying in wait for them. After a vicious battle, the teen trio was able to ultimately defeat Hakarel and escape unharmed with one of his scales, but not without further damaging the group's already fragile morale. The disgruntled youths then traveled north to the snowy mountains of Niflheim. Nope, it was Jotunheim. They made a mistake. For their second task, where they were to pluck a feather from the wing of the snow eagle, Nori. On the path up to Nori's mountain airy, the three were attacked by ice pixies. Thor, Balder, and Sif stood their ground on the frozen trail and emerged victorious thanks to Sif's keen eye and strategic thinking. Gnori descended from his perch to check on the young Asgardians and congratulate them on their victory. Despite Thor's accusations, they discover that the Ice Pixies were not of Nori's making. They obtain the Snow Eagle's feather and complete their task, but are now burdened with suspicions that evil forces may be trying to stand in the way of completing their quest. Part 4, The Jaws of Genia. And we start off with a splash page showing... Balder, Thor, and Sif laying around, lolling on lollygagging, laying on the grass next to a beautiful river and a waterfall and some really cool looking trees and some really pretty butterflies kind of flitting around and we got some birds uh, there too. And so it's just kind of a, an idyllic view here of the three of them just kind of laying there and enjoying the nice day because, you know, that's what you do. And Sif says, this is wonderful. I would have no objections to resting here for a few days. You've changed your tune rather quickly, eh, Sif, says Thor. Where's the disgruntled girl done nothing but complain about my impulsiveness in dragging her on this quest? You, were you referring to Sif the Singed or Sif the Snowy? I'm sure they'll be back in some form or other as we continue on, but for the moment Sif the Sunbather is enjoying herself. And they share a little bit of a look, and, and Sif is you know, sitting up and... Um, Looks like she wants to go for a swim. And speaking of baths, it's been days since any of us has taken one. You both smell as if you've been cleaning the stables of Odin's steeds. And Thor and Balder look at each other and they kind of sniff, sniff themselves and make faces. So apparently they agree. And Sif is like, mm-hmm. And uh, she's going to go into the water, go swimming, I guess. Well, there's no reason not to take advantage of this beautiful pool. So I'll jump in and bathe first. And she's just kind of looking at the two of them, and Thor and Balder kind of look at each other. I will bathe alone, while you two hunt for firewood and for tonight's dinner. The forest is that way. Get going. And she points off into the woods, and Thor and Balder dutifully go uh, goes off in search of food and wood. And no peeking, says Sif. And she uh, dips her toe in the water, and uh, we see that she's being spied on from a nearby tree. And it is the evil Loki. Well, this is an unexpected but pleasant development. A situation such as this certainly gets the imagination running wild. There's nothing I'd like more than to teach her a lesson. 
but the possibilities for mischief here are just too good to pass up, says Loki. And he kind of gets an evil grin. But rather than tip my hand too soon, I'll let my witless brother play the buffoon. And then we see uh, Thor is off in, in the woods. He's got a bow and arrow. Looks like he's hunting. And all of a sudden he hears, help! And Sif's voice coming from uh, the direction of the pool. And Thor says, Sif? Fear not, Sif. I'm, and he goes running. And he catches Sif hanging out under the waterfall uh, naked. And she's got her back turned, so you know it's well within the comics code authority, which this book doesn't have on it anyway. And she turns around and and sees Thor, and he's like, "Well, well, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah," uh, and she's like, "Thor, how dare you!" And and goes underwater up to her her chin. Why am I not surprised? I knew Balder would be respectful enough to keep his distance, but you, you have my sincere apologies, Sif. I heard a scream and thought you were in danger. I ran back to help, but is that what you say to all the maidens? I think we can be fairly certain Balder will stay away until I call for him. Maybe we can take advantage of our time alone here together. And, and Thor makes a, a scared face and <laughs> um, uh, Sif reaches up and grabs Thor uh, by the neck. And he says, to practice the new grappling moves Hogan has been demonstrating back at the castle. Ha! And they start to wrestle, and they're doing the sort of sand wrestling thing, and Thor flips Sif over, and she kicks his legs out from under him. He falls down, they land in the sand on their backs, and they look at each other, and they share a look, you know, it's kind of a sort of pseudo-romantic look, and then they start laughing. <laughs> All of a sudden, Balder comes bursting out of the undergrowth. He's like, Thor, Sif, I heard the sounds of a struggle. Are you? And he sees the two of them laying there in the sand. And he's got two bunny rabbits here that he apparently has skewered and, yeah, and get ready to eat. Fairly certain Balder will stay away until you call for him, eh? And they start laughing again. What happened, says Balder? Why are you two laying there like that? Have I missed something here? Oh, yes, Balder, says Thor. You missed quite the show. And... <laughs> As Sif gives uh, Thor the, the like, dirty look, the evil eye. Just what did you do, Thor? And Loki is here hiding in the tree, and he just can't believe what's going on here. Unbelievable. Is there nothing I can do to weaken the bonds of friendship these three share? And we cut to nightfall, and we got the three of them. They're camping out, and they got a little fire, and they're cooking the bunnies that uh, the balder caught. And we then shift scenes to the scrying room of a female magician of some sort. I wonder who that could be. And uh, we see a shapely ass lit up by, uh, by candles here in the light. And there's a um, really ornate mirror. And that seems to be the scrying mirror that we've seen, you know, the ripples in over the last few episodes. Uh, remember, she, somebody is spying on the three of them as they travel. Well, 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 what have we here? Looks like I'm not the only one following young Thor's grand adventure. And she stirs the pool, and she sees Loki hiding there in his tree. Odin's other son has come to play as well. <laughs> it appears I now have an unwitting ally in this game. 
And we shift scenes once again to the following afternoon. And we have the three musketeers here trucking over some rough Scottish-looking rocks and uh, just kind of continuing on their adventure. Once we reach the end of the forest, we should find ourselves at the dunes of Genia, says Balder. And we have to cross the dunes to reach the mines, says Thor. There's no other way, says Balder. Well, I guess this is where I become Sif the Sandy. Don't worry, says Thor. Maybe we can find another pool later where you can wash the sand off. And uh, Sif bops him in the back of the head with a swack. That's enough of that, Thor. Enough of what, says Balder. Care to share, my friends? Oh, it's nothing, Balder, says Thor. Really? Why not tell me and let me be the judge of that? Don't mind him, Balder. Thor needs to learn to keep his mouth shut. Let's just keep going. And Balder's like, fine, keep your secrets to yourself. And they cross over the mountain and they come across the desert and they're looking out across the desert. It's like a big old mesa and a very, a, kind of a huge expanse of sand going off the distance. Look, there in the distance, that must be the entrance to the mines of Genia. It's not so far after all. Good, says Thor. Let's take a quick break and then be on our way. This might be the first time neither of you has complained about a task on this quest. And Sif is like, The day is still young, Thor. And we did see the three of them uh, crossing over just big giant sand dunes. And we see sort of cactus-looking plants. And there's a bunch of rocks. And it looks like there's a cave up ahead in the cliff face. And they're walking in these sand dunes. And the sand is pretty deep and drifty. And they're, they're sinking up to their, uh, their ankles. The mines of Genia, says Balder. The very place where the famed jewels come from. Every girl in Asgard dreams of the day when she'll receive a ring or necklace made from Genia jewels. Even I long for the day when... And as she says that, she noticed she's sinking into the sand. And she's like, what? Help! Thor! Balder! Please help! And Thor's like, Sif! And he tries to grab her, but uh, she's gone. And he's like, Sif! Sif! Hold on, Sif, I'm coming! And he's trying to dig down through the sand, and he's not really getting anywhere. And Baldur's trying to calm him down. Thor, calm down. It's no use. Digging these sands will amount to nothing. Tell me what you saw. She was explaining how she's always wanted one of the jewels, and the sand just swallowed her up. Why are we talking about this? We are wasting time. Please, Thor, says Baldur. Just hold on a moment. Cooler heads will always... No, says Thor and pulls away and he takes his sword and he's hacking at the sand because, you know, if you're trying to find somebody buried in the sand, the thing to do is to hack it with your sword. <laughs> Let her go, he shouts at the sands. I'll bring the heavens down if she's been harmed. And uh, then Thor starts to sing into the sand too. And this time it's got him by the, the arms and it's just dragging him down head first. He's like, no. And we see his feet disappear below the sand, leaving Balder all alone in the dunes. And uh, he looks around and he puts his head down. He's like, oh no, what am I going to do? And he starts kind of pawing at the sand and letting it run through his fingers. And he says, Thor and Sif, both swallowed by these sands. But why? And to what end? Could they survive? If so, where are they? And what are they doing? Alone together. 
And the sand drags Balder under two. And we see his hands disappearing below the surface of the sand, leaving nothing but footprints across the sand dunes. And we see that some of these footprints are being caused by somebody who's invisible. And that invisible person turns out to be the evil Loki. And he reappears and he starts to laugh. He's like, <laughs> do my eyes deceive me? Thor, Sif, and Balder are all eaten alive by the sands here. <laughs> Could this truly be the last I've ever seen of my hated brother? His demise did not come by my hand, but it is no less an occasion to rejoice. And then all of a sudden, he gets grabbed too, and he's dragged under. He's like, oh no, not me. I've done nothing. And he's gone. We then open up to a full-page spread here of Thor, Balder, and Sif, and they are in this sort of... It looks like a hallway, and they're surrounded by a multitude of these sort of slimy, slobby pink fetuses. That's what they look like anyway. It's these little tiny people, uh, little, little I don't know what they are. They're little monsters with uh, little lights in their, in their eyes and their chest, and that's giving the, the space some illumination. Looks like they're in some sort of an old ruin because uh, there's like archways and pillars and things like that. But mostly it's just full of these little pink fetus things. And yeah, there's laying there like they're unconscious. And Thor's the first to stir and he sits up and he's like, oh, where am I? By Odin's beard. And he notices all the little pink guys all glowing around him. Sif, Balder, you vile little creatures. What have you done to them? He says to the little pink guys. And the little pink guys are encroaching upon uh, Thor and he's like, away, oh, you filthy pests. And he's got his sword up like he's going to strike at them. And he does. And he's swiping them. But he's being overwhelmed as more and more of these little pink glowy guys land on him. And they start covering him over. And about this time, Sif is recovering and coming back to consciousness. And she's like, what in? And he looks around. And she sees Thor entirely covered with these little pink fetus guys. And uh, they're kind of covering on her, too. And she's like, Yarg! Away! Leave me be! Off with you! Thor! Help! And Balder stands up, and Balder says, Calm yourselves. That's the key to getting them off of you. I don't think these creatures mean you harm. They're the genia. I think they're simply responding to your emotions by trying to feed off them. Your anger, Thor, and your fear, Sif or what they're drawn to. Try to relax. Rid yourselves of emotion and they shall leave you alone. Trust me. And uh, yeah, they are kind of covering over Sif and, and Thor. And so uh, we see Sif's eyes and she's kind of concentrating, kind of letting it go. And then we see the little pink fetus guys start to drop away. They're, they're kind of leaving her alone. And uh, so she's free. And she's like, Thor, do as Balder says. Calm yourself. Hide your anger. Please. For me. And we see the giant heap of uh, little blobby guys that are covering Thor. And they slowly start to uncover him. And eventually Thor is free as well. And Sif runs up and grabs Thor and hugs him. And he's like, oh, Thor. And Balder's like, be careful. Relief, elation, and love are powerful emotions as well, which the genia can also feed on. Come on, let's leave this place behind. And um, Sif is like, wait. 
uh, because she sees something laying on the ground. And she says, we can't leave without the very thing we came for. And it turns out to be one of the jewels of, of Jenia or Jenia. And she grabs it and they find a, looks like a hallway with stairs. And they go climbing up and they leave. And we see the little glowy fetus guys uh, behind them uh, just kind of sitting there because they're free now. Your powers of observation are the best in all Asgard, Balder. You were able to figure out the truth about the Genia from simply watching us vanish? It wasn't so much your disappearing as it was remembering what you said and did just before you were swallowed. Sif expressed desire for a jewel of her own, and your anger ran unchecked after she was swallowed, Thor. Anger and desire are the two strongest emotions we know. Thinking back, I remember hearing rumors of the jewel's power as a child. They said... To possess too many is to lose much more. I also remember the story, says Balder, and it all added up. It was emotion that they spoke of losing as the jewels would suck it from you. And it must be for that reason that Odin needs a Jania jewel, says Thor. He said he needed the jewel to provide balance for the sword he wishes to forge. But not simply to balance the blade, to also balance the bearer. And the Jania who attacked us fed on our emotions in order to protect their jewels? In a manner of speaking, yes, says Balder. But the Jania are the jewels, or at least become them. I think that the jewels are actually the hardened hearts of the Jania who have passed on. Their now emotionless souls are captured in the jewels. Well, now it's off to Lithia for the last of Odin's elements, says Thor. And Sif comes up and, and she kisses Balder on the cheek and gives him a hug. She's like... Thank you, Balder. You used your mind to triumph where our muscle could not. A trait of a true warrior. What emotion do you think is the most powerful, says Sif? Love? Possibly. But let's not forget love's opposite. Hatred is an equally strong emotion, says Thor. Too true, Thor, says Balder. Anyone who enters these sands with hate in their heart is surely doomed to a fate most unkind. And we shift scenes to an underground cavern. Uh, looks like a mysterious, magical place. Looks like a study with their books and a scrying pool. Ah, yeah, I wonder whose place that is. And we get a fire. It looks like a skull sitting there. And we see Loki, and he has been uh, captured, and he's pinned to the wall by these stone arms coming out of the wall, which should give you a clue as to where this is. Where? Hello? Is anyone there? Where am I? What's going on here? Glad to see you're finally awake, Loki, my dear boy. I was beginning to think you would never wake up, and I'd saved you from the Genia for naught. You, says Loki. Carnilla! And we get a full-page spread here of Carnilla, the Norn Queen, looking you know, younger than she did when we first saw her looking like Endora in, back in the Lee Kirby run. But obviously a, a full-grown woman, not a, uh, like a teenager like the rest of them. And she's wearing the sort of fur coat and a, a kind of a, I don't know what you call it, I guess a corset with really kind of odd lacing on it. It's, it's actually a, a very attractive design here. And um, she's surrounded by uh, burning braziers and candles, and she's kind of making a dramatic pose with her arms out. And then we have To Be Continued. And that is Thor, Son of Asgard, number four. And of course, we do have a few things to say about this after this little note from our friends at the Fantastic Cast. 
The Fantastic Arse is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that taste forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team-Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we're back, and of course we have a few things to say about the issue, as we always do. First of all, you know, perfectly good continuation of what has gone before. Got a lot going on in the issue, lots of uh, of plot happening here. And we're starting to see the little bit of, of a group dynamic here between the three of them and the beginnings, obviously, of our Thor Sif romance. This is sort of the proto-romance, and... We get a little bit of jealousy here from Balder and this whole Sif Thor thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know if this actually contradicts anything we've seen before. We didn't have a ton of young Thor stories back in the Silver Age, but I don't know. I mean, we may have had some later that may have contradicted what's going on here. Anyhow, that is kind of off the subject, but we're going to just kind of carry on talking about this issue. Now, I think that the story is pretty well told, but again... It's very by the numbers. It's exactly like the last couple of, of issues were. So I'm wrong in regards to fact, what I said last issue where we get the middle eight. I have a feeling that the middle eight is coming in now. Uh, now that we've revealed Carnilla and uh, now there's going to be some trouble. You know, we, they have one more thing that they need to actually retrieve. And I have a feeling that that's not going to happen until the last issue probably. So we have uh, Carnilla revealed, and what a beautiful Carnilla it is, too. I will say that this is one of the best Carnillas I've seen. She doesn't have that funky headpiece that they wore throughout the 70s. She doesn't have any of the, you know, the Endora features like she had when Jack Kirby was drawing her. She's just a beautiful woman. It's very definitely Carnilla, but it's a Carnilla that we really haven't seen before. It's a kind of a younger, sexier Carnilla. And, you know, it's interesting here, how, what, what is her reaction to Balder going to be? You know, the, that's an interesting question, seeing as what came from, from her and Balder later on. So do we see the beginning of the Carnilla-Balder romance here? That would be interesting. Anyhow, art is spectacular for the most part. We've got some dodgy bits here and there. Again, it's not really a painted comic, but we see here, like especially here on the... Uh, yeah, page 25 here, the, the full page of Carnilla. It's a beautiful painted page. Um, again, we've got some sketchiness like we have, but this is a more, uh, more thoroughly realized issue than the last one. So which is to say that you know, this has been a little bit more painted, a little bit more finished. It's not as sketchy. It's not as basic, perhaps, as, as last issue's pencils were. Um, we do get more of a variety, too, in our action. This is something I was complaining about. And this issue, it seems to have gotten better. There's still a 
I don't know. There's a limited repertoire of poses still, but it is improving as we go along. And I can only guess, you know, that the, the experience of, of, of drawing these books is one of those things that actually helps an artist improve and get better. And I, I think that they've done a really good job. Some of the, the drawings are, are a little wonky, like I said, but, but for the most part, really good stuff. The story, again, basically, it's a basic story. Not a whole lot going on. We've got the we've got the quest and them doing that, and we've got Loki trying to cause mischief, and that's about it. You know, all in all, a pretty enjoyable issue, and of course, looking forward to seeing the next one. All right, and with that, it's time to wrap up the show. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you want to email the show, you can do so. Just email us at radiofreeasgard at gmail.com, and you can also join us on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard on Facebook and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard and off to the Baxter Building. So don't forget to go tune in to Fantastic Cast number 198 and hear me talk about Fantastic Four number 156. And I'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.